fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off at checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. And I'm so honored and privileged to have with me Daniel Robbins, co-owner of Lab Management, uh, the premier athlete representation in the space. Uh, so excited to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. And um, it's so funny, like, but a little behind the scenes, Monday we did a roundtable, and, you know, we're sponsored by C4. And I took a quick drink before I uh, got started and the carbonation got in there and I, and I belched when the, the mics were muted, but it stopped playing for a second. I was like, oh my goodness, did the mics unmute? And I thought I like belched to the world. So I, today I went with the non-carbonated version. There you go. There you go. That all together. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so we're going to get to know Daniel today. Um, you have a really interesting past and I can't wait to kind of dive in. to how, how the journey went down this path. Uh, Cause it, it's, it's fascinating to me. So first of all, what is your athletic background? Yeah. I mean, I think growing up, I played a lot of sports, uh, kind of the classic, like American kid played soccer, like early on. Uh, football has always been my passion though. Um, I played baseball as well, but uh, growing up, all I wanted to do, uh, was play football. I think like for Christmas. So my mom wouldn't let me play football until I was in seventh grade. Um, and so for Christmas every year as a kid, I can remember being like, I don't want any presents. All I want to do is play tackle football. So I'm like a lot of my friends played. That's like, that's what I was super passionate about. Uh, and she was pretty tough on that decision and, and didn't let me play until then. But I actually played a lot of flag football, which I think I, put, I was a quarterback. And so I actually think it helped progress my skill set because most of the time in tackle football, when, when kids are small, it's just a lot of running and uh, there's not a lot of kind of like skill or finesse per se. So um, yeah, I started playing football uh, in seventh grade and played all the way through high school. And then um, I played two years at a junior college, uh, Butte Community College, uh, which is uh, just outside my hometown of Chico, California, uh, is also where Aaron Rodgers um, went to, to community college, kind of got his start. So there's a little bit of that connection there. Uh, we were co-national champions my first year. I was a, a red shirt. So it was a really cool experience. You know, got to meet a lot of uh, people that I, I don't think I ever would have crossed paths with just all across the country from different kind of walks of life. And I think that was put me on like a a good trajectory as far as just like how to like interact with people from different backgrounds. Um, and so close to a lot of those guys to this day, I'm actually going to a reunion game on the 23rd of September. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. So there, there's two paths I want to go down here. First, you, you're much younger than I am. When I, when I started playing football, there was no worry about playing tackle football. There yeah. weren't, you know, yeah. the head injury stuff wasn't even known. Um, I was a fullback tight end and then defensive end and then eventually moved to, to right tackle. 
Um, so like banging my head into that wall 30 times a game, nobody cared yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid. And I love football. That is my first love in the world. And I cannot season's ramping up this weekend. I am so Same. stoked. Um, and so stoked about that. But I saw the connection with where you went to, to junior college and then you went to Cal, mm-hmm. both schools of Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Are you, are you an Aaron Rodgers fan? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't want to go down, like necessarily say like, Oh, he's my hero per se. Um, but definitely like has a lot of influence over my life. I think like, I don't know that I would have ended up at Cal without that. So kind of just like a quick backstory of like my PE teacher in like elementary school, but started in second grade, his son actually played at Butte college with Aaron. Uh, his name was Garrett cross. And then the, my PE teacher's name was Rick cross. Uh, so I remember when they both signed uh, and I was like, you know, I loved football ever since I, I grew up. So from the time I think I, I started in third grade with my dad. So I was probably eight or nine. We used to drive down to Berkeley. I mean, we would make five or six games a year. We had season tickets all growing up. I actually never saw Aaron play there. I missed him by one year, um, which was his his last year there. Um, and that was a pretty like big deal because that was the first time they beat USC in in long time um and so yeah ever since i you know growing up i always went to to cal games and that was like my dream school i just never actually thought that uh it would be a reality just because it is really hard school to get into um and so i actually had the chance of meeting him my senior year there i I worked for the football program while i was there as a equipment manager um and he came on campus and it was actually the first time i think he's been back since tedford was fired um so that was like a really, really cool experience. So it's, it's definitely one of those things where like, obviously he's a big deal. Uh, and I wouldn't say that like, again, like, oh, he's my my hero or anything like that per se. But I definitely think that like put me on a path uh, to kind of where I am today. And like, I'm a pretty big believer in like butterfly effect of like everything kind of happens for a reason. And, and if you change, there's, I wouldn't go back and change anything as far as like how things played out. So I, I definitely think that, you know, that is a, a factor in kind of, you know, where I am now. So conversely, uh, I, I root for the team that he is supposedly the owner of uh, the Chicago bears. And so Aaron Rodgers is not my favorite player in the world, but just like every year on hard knocks, they make me love players that I have hated for years. Yep. I, we were just, my wife and I watched the latest episode last night. And like, that's been like, I mean, I watch hard knocks every year. That's, I mean, that's a given. Like if you're a football fan, I think you watch hard knocks, but this year was like, I was extra excited about it. Cause like, I don't know that I think people have this like thought of him in kind of the media and like, you know, there's like a certain way that maybe he's portrayed. And I think it's like, it's been a really cool, like kind of eye opening experience to like see the the side of him, like the football player side to him and like the teammate and like, uh, yeah, last night was a, a pretty, pretty cool episode, honestly. So that was on too late. My wife and I watch it together as well. Um, so we watch it Wednesday evenings um, every week because uh, we can't stay up late enough to watch the actual airing of it um, here on the East Coast because that's 10 p.m. for us. Yeah, the East Coast. That, when I lived, I lived in Miami for a while and we, my wife and I would always joke that like, I don't know how people do it on the East Coast, like Monday night football, Sunday night football, like. 820 kickoff like 
it's going past midnight. Whereas like now I'm like, okay, mountain time. It's actually perfect. 620. It's like the perfect kind of spot for sports viewing. Yeah. So jealous. I could even handle central. Like if, I, if we could just move a little bit West, but no, we're not. Yep. Yeah. So, so then, so there's the Aaron Rodgers piece of it. The equipment manager stuff. So you play junior college football. I'm assuming that there was that realization that you weren't going to play division one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, you, I mean, wanted be, you wanted to be connected in some way. Yeah. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Honestly, it was, I registered my first year um, and we were really good. I mean, we won the, we were co-national champions with East Mississippi, uh, which if anyone's watched um, last chance you, they were featured a few years um, on there. And um, then my, my next year, we actually had a, a bounce back from Cal. His name was Zach Klein. And I think out of high school, he was second ranked quarterback in the country behind Jameis Winston, like could have gone anywhere he wanted. Um, things didn't work out at Cal and he kind of ended up bouncing around a little bit, but he became like a, he transferred, became a friend. Um, and I kind of had this like somewhat tipping point where I was like, okay, I could come back. It would be my third year. I think that I would have a good chance to play. Um, but also like, I just, I just kind of saw the writing on the wall of like, I love football, but you know, I know a lot of guys that they pursue it as long as they can. And they're willing to kind of go anywhere to do that. You know, whether it be like a small D2 in, Texas or Missouri or somewhere. And it was just like, that just wasn't what I wanted for myself. And I wanted to stay close to the game. Um, but like I was realistic. So I, I decided to, I'm going to apply to schools, see where I get in. And if I get in, you know, the places that I want to go, I'm going to, I'm going to leave. Um, so that's what happened. And I ended up the, the AD at Butte college, both his sons played at Cal and he's, he's very well connected um, Craig Rigsby. And so he, was able to get me a meeting with some people there and, you know, started working for the, the um, equipment program. And um, yeah, I loved it. I like it. I honestly, those are some of the most stressful years just in the sense of like school is really hard. Um, but like, I loved every second of it, like getting to travel around to all the stadiums. I, I, you probably can't see it here. If I lift my screen, I have footballs lining my whole office um, from just collecting trading with other, you know, teams, equipment, you know, managers and whatnot. So, um, yeah, that was a, a really, really cool two years. Yeah, that's really cool. It's so funny because I, you know, I used to collect football memorabilia myself. I prided myself that I collected it all in person. And then I'm now selling it all off because I want podcast equipment. But Fair. I digress. <laughs> um, so you then, I don't, I don't know how to set this up. You were a political economy major at Cal? Yeah. So I always have found like history, like poli sci, like pretty interesting for a while. I was like, maybe I want to be like in early on in high school. It's like, okay, I want to be like a football coach. That was kind of what I thought, you know? Um, then it was like, well, maybe I want to be like a diplomat or like, I just, I always found that stuff very interesting. And I still do. Like I even, you know, like I went and saw Oppenheimer and it's like, that was some of the stuff that like, I remember very well from school. Um, and so when I transferred, that was kind of like the option. It was like, once I got into Cal, like I, I thought for maybe for a second, I was going to go to UC Irvine. Um, but like, once I got into Cal, it was like game over. Like that's where I'd always wanted to go. And I was, I was a spring admit. So I spent two and a half years there and, uh, like business school was off the table. Cause Haas business school is super hard to get into. You almost have to like reapply, you know, as a sophomore, um, 
and get letters of rec and all that stuff. So kind of just like made the, the best of it. And I think the thing that I learned, like I, I couldn't tell you a lot of the things that I learned. I think there's a, a few things here and there. I think I just kind of learned how to like figure it out in the sense of like just the volume of reading and like homework and, you know, just everything that entailed like, you know, the Berkeley experience. And I think anyone that's gone there kind of knows what I'm talking about. Uh, it was obviously like really tough. I, I can't remember a time that I was probably more stressed to be honest. Um, but I also like, I, I feel like I learned just a lot about how to kind of like, in some ways, like be successful, even in situations that don't seem ideal. Um, so it's like, I couldn't tell you a lot of about like the things I learned per se. Uh, but that was kind of like the option and like Cal was the place I wanted to be. So it was like, so be it. This is what's, this is what it is. It's funny you say that because my undergrad, I, I felt the same way, right? I, I was a business major after trying 16 other majors and just realized that your bachelor's degree is really just a test. Can you endure? Can you figure it out? Can yep. you yep. get to the end? When you get to graduate school, it's a whole different animal like that. I learned so much in grad school that was pertinent to my business life. Um, I'm not sure how much I use in the podcasting world, but, but in my business life, like, because it was discussion and debate and back and forth, it wasn't just a lecture or a reading. It was, Hey, you as a group, can you figure this out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would definitely I, I agree with that. I think like I definitely use it as a, a stepping stone um, that I, I don't think I use much of like what I learned in the classroom per se, but I think I take away a lot of stuff that I learned on just how to kind of like just, you know, just manage, like manage the workload. Like, you know, my girlfriend now, now wife, like she was three hours away up in Chico going to Chico state. Like we had our, our dog was a puppy. So it was like, it was this tough kind of time, I think, in my life where I was like enjoying what I was doing. I loved working for the football program. Like Berkeley is a very interesting place. I, I felt be if I hadn't found like football, I think I really would have struggled just uh, finding people that I had a lot in common with. Um, and so I'm very like very thankful for that. Um, but I was definitely like in the off season. I mean, I was I would take weekend trips home all the time. So I don't think I had like the classic college experience um but I also knew pretty quickly like I I thought maybe I wanted to be a football coach I saw what that entails because I made friends with you know like a lot of the GAs and like those guys are sleeping in their office and it's like it's just like the hours that they put in and they're moving all the time and I knew that that wasn't necessarily the life that I wanted but wanted to stay in sports I've always actually found law interesting um never went to law school but I was like hey I think like being an agent would be really cool so that's where I might, I kind of started to shift focus to, to that. And like, so I knew exactly for the most part what I wanted to do. So it, it felt more of like a job, a stepping stone to kind of reach that point. So that was kind of like, it's, it, you have so many paths. So you go, you go to grad school at Michigan. Yep. And yep. I, and I read that you also were, you worked with the equipment, equipment department there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of is similar. Go ahead. In Michigan uh, now, difference between Michigan. Oh is yeah, huge, okay. huge, huge, huge. It's like honestly, it was it was night and day, and and uh, 
I think part of it was like, I was just so familiar with, with Cal and with Berkeley. And like, I grew up, you know, going to games and was very familiar with the town. And then like, it was just my first year there was like my boss's first year as the head equipment manager. Um, and I think things were just a little bit like we got our stuff done. We were really dialed. Like, I think we worked really well as a team, like all the guys there. Uh, but then I got to Michigan and like, I mean, Harbaugh runs that place like an NFL program. I mean, just like the volume of people, like the resources, the money, like it was a lot more like strict. It was, it was definitely eye-opening when I first got there. Um, just kind of like the dues and it was, it was just a lot more structured, um, which is not inherently like good or bad. It was just very, very different. Um, but it was like, Michigan has been a place that like, I've always, when I was like looking for grad school, I was always kind of like interested in them. My dad, grew up a Michigan fan. He grew up in LA and everyone there is, you know, UCLA or USC fan. And he was like, like a lot of people, I think he thought that the wing helmets were really cool because they are. Um, and so that was like kind of always on my radar. And uh, I actually applied to them last. I had nailed it down to Miami, Boston college, and then Michigan. Um, I applied last because their due date was the earliest. And then I actually heard back first. And then I just, I knew that that was, the spot um so yeah it was it was an interesting i was only there i was only in ann arbor for about 10 months so it was a very very quick time very cold um but like just i don't think it gets any better than like a game at the big house i mean i think honestly whether you're a football fan or not like you should go there just to experience the energy it's just like an experience in general well, personally, I would say a whiteout in Happy Valley, but I've actually been to yeah. one. One of my best friends graduated from from Penn State. It, it's you can't go wrong there either, for sure. Right. Um, so how do you go from a poli political economy major to a sports agent? Yeah, so I thought about going to law school. Um thought pretty hard about it, honestly. Like I even got like LSAT test books and, and whatnot, but I really started to kind of think like, uh, it, well, let me take a step back. It, I think things got fast tracked. I, I started CrossFit when I finished, um, playing football. Cause I kind of needed that like competitive outlet, which I think is pretty common in this space for people to, you know, play other sports up until the point where they can't. And then they kind of just fall into it. Cause they have this like competitive drive, you know, you want that athletic kind of outlet. Um, and so I was, I remember, I think it was December of 2017. I was sitting in my apartment in Berkeley and I was a pretty big CrossFit fan. I was watching a uh, YouTube episode uh, of Matt Fraser's with, I think Brooke Gens was in it at the time. And then O'Keefe and they were in Dubai and, and like O'Keefe was on the screen and like it, it like had like the description of like who he was. And it was like, Matt Fraser's agent or manager or something. And I was like, it kind of was this like aha moment for me of like, okay, I've kind of identified that this is what I want to do. I've really gotten into CrossFit. It's like a, a definite like big passion of mine. I wouldn't say necessarily on the same level as football, but I wasn't able, I had no luck getting any football internships. Like I tried to, to work, you know, that summer for any type of agency in the, in the Bay, uh, had no luck. So I just sent him, a message. I mean, obviously I think O'Keefe's uh, like accolades are, are well documented and I don't think he has his phone number probably posted out there on Instagram or anything anymore, but at the time he did. Um, 
And so, or maybe it was his email. Anyway, I, I think I sent him an email um, and essentially just kept following up, following up, like we were going to schedule a call then it would kind of fall through. And it's actually funny, like Dylan Malitsky, uh, he's one of my best friends in the whole world. Uh, he, the other day I sent him something. It was like an old invite because they were working together at the, you know, at the time at Loud and Live, an old invite that Dylan had sent me in May of uh, 2018 um, to jump on a call with, with O'Keefe. And they were, so the, by the time I finally got him on the phone, I think it was probably June of 2018. And, uh, he was like, Hey, I have an intern at the games every year. Him and he and Dylan were, were driving to the, uh, I think it was like the regional in like Albany, I think at the time. Um, he was like, hey, I have an intern every year at the CrossFit games. Like I can't necessarily promise anything. Like you kind of got to just like get here. Like it's going to be a lot of hard work. Um, I don't know exactly what I'll have you doing, but like, if you want to get some experience, like this is what I can offer. And I was like, cool, done. Like I was already planning on going to the CrossFit games with some, some friends. So I had like Airbnb plane tickets already. I was like, it's going to shift maybe my experience, but I think for the positive. Um, and then about a week later, I found out I got into Michigan for grad school for sports management. Um, and so I was like, all right, this is like, I feel like things are lining up really well so i canceled my flight and my mom and my dad and i drove from northern california to madison uh so i could intern there so it took us about three days um and then interned basically like monday to monday the whole games and did everything from grabbing coffee to laundry to running every errand you could ever imagine um and then it was like the Monday after the CrossFit Games, I got in my car and I drove to Ann Arbor, which is about six hours. And I started work with the football, uh, like equipment, as an equipment manager that night and was at the facility till about midnight. Um, so that's kind of like, I guess, how I kind of started to make that transition. Um, and then, you know, I, I worked for the football program and then I, I also went down to Wadapalooza in early 2019 um, for can't remember actually if it was 2018 or 2019 uh, and I, I interned again um, and that's where I kind of knew I'm like okay I have my foot in the door here like I know exactly what I want to do I know the people that like are doing it now I just need to like connect the dots and go from point a to point b um, so so that that's super cool to me because I think Matt was our 12th ever guest on this show um, yeah. and we're we're yeah. like 800 and some now and, um, and he, for a while, he was the most, he was on the show more than any other person. Um, he always made time for us when I wanted to expand. I reached out to him and asked if he could like have a sit down with me. He did that. Uh, we had a, we had like a zoom call. He walked me through steps that he thought I needed to do to grow. He is like one of the coolest individuals on the planet. Yeah. I what? mean, go ahead. Sorry. Actually, I, just, I was just going to hand it over to you is what, what was it like having that opportunity under him? Yeah. I mean, like early on, it was, it was like, I was doing everything I wanted to do. Right. Like I didn't, like, I knew that going in, it's like, Hey, you're an intern. Like you got it. There's like steps to this stuff. Right. Um, and you know, obviously he was very busy. I think like at the time they had, he had just merged his agency pretty fairly recently team group with loud and live. So there was like, 
this big influx of like just new responsibilities, like new things going on. And, you know, I, I mean, I think yeah. the, the year I interned at Waterpalooza was like, I maybe got six hours of sleep in like three days. Cause I was like, there's zero chance you're going to ever catch me like sleeping if they need something. Like I was like, if someone's in the park at 2am, I'm in the park at 2am. Like I can remember like being with Dylan, like helping cover tents when it was about to rain at like two, three in the morning. I'm like, like, this is why I'm here. Like I can, like, I know it's a cliche, like, Oh, like you can sleep later, but it really was that for me. Cause I'm like, I have this window to like make an impression. Um, and I think I did that at the games and then, you know, like if I want this, you kind of, you have to like, you have to work for it. So I, you know, interned there again for him. And then he had kind of said like, Hey, when do you graduate? What are you doing after graduation? And I could, I remember vividly, I was getting into the elevator with him to head to the after party after Waterpalooza uh, at the intercontinental. And I was like, hopefully working for you. Like, I have no, like that is, I put like all my eggs uh, in that basket. And then like, in about two months later in March, it was spring break and my wife and I, like girlfriend at the time, we bought our plane tickets. We got an Airbnb and a rental car and I flew down to Miami and I, I had told him like, Hey, I want to come down and meet with you guys. I have, uh, you know, spring break. Like I graduate in two months. Like I need to start really planning this stuff out. Uh, so I got there. They weren't kind of, everyone was kind of like, why are you here? And I'm like, well, I'm going to meet and hopefully like work with you guys, you know? And everyone was like knew me cause I just interned with them, you know, six weeks prior. And, uh, we actually went apartment searching first, like the first morning. Um, and I'm a pretty big like planner. I like to like think about things and like mull things over. And we found an apartment across the street from the loud and live office. And we were like, this seems great. And so we put our names in for an apartment. Uh, and then essentially like, I met with O'Keefe and I was like, Hey, um, like I already know where I'm going to live. Uh, I like not doing anything after graduation. Like I, I just need you to offer me a job now, basically. Um, and I felt like I knew that like I was going to work super hard and like the things that I didn't know I could learn, but I like, I think that it's hard to like teach the like passion and like the hard work side of things. And so I was like, Hey, like I know that, he had traditionally, you know, like managed athletes. That's what I wanted to do. But I saw that he was like in this kind of like push and pull of like, Hey, I have this, these athletes that I manage, but then also like, I'm the president of loud and live sports. Like we put on all these events, like you, he's like overseeing all of that. And I'm like, I, I feel like, you know, and Sammy was kind of working with him at the time and she was starting to kind of transition out. So I'm like, this is like my opportunity. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up. And so basically long story short, I moved to Miami in uh, end of May, early June of uh, 2019 um, to start working at Loud Live. So just to sum that up, you walked into Loud and Live. You said, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere until you offer me a job. Yeah, pretty much. Like <laughs> I felt pretty, I felt pretty confident about it. Cause like I knew that they were growing and like, they needed people and just kind of based on what they had said. But I was like, I wasn't going to leave it up to chance and like graduate and then come and be like, Hey, I graduated. Like now what, you know? So yeah, we moved my, my father-in-law flew to uh, Ann Arbor, uh, well, Detroit. And then he helped us pack up our townhouse and myself, uh, my wife, our dog and him, we all drove down to Miami and then 
Like, I mean, my wife's been with like super grateful because, you know, she's been on this journey. Like, and we've been together since we were in high school and it's like, you know, she moved with me to Michigan to go to grad school. And then I was like, Hey, I have this opportunity. I, I know what I want to do. Like I have to, it was like move to Miami or move back home. Um, so we moved to Miami and she actually still works for the same company that, uh, she did when we lived in Miami. So, um, yeah, it's kind of been like, honestly, like a wild ride and that's even before like COVID or any of that stuff. So I have this in my notes, so I'm going to jump there we'll come back to kind of your adventure, but your wife is Megan. You said you met in high school. Um, how did you meet? How did you become a couple? And then is she into this whole sports life that you are into? Yeah. So we met in high school. Um, we had, I think I had like an English class just before her. So we would like see each other in like passing. Like I didn't really know her like previous, um, you know, like I had gone to school maybe with some people in junior high and we kind of grew up and like went to, to high school together. Um, cause she went through to like a K through eight school. Um, so we kind of just started talking and then there was a, there was like a dance that was like put on, not by the school. It was like some student like rented out this, like, it was like a skating rink. Um, so we like met there and we basically just kind of like hit it off, like really started talking. We hung out like all night and then, um, yeah, we just, I mean, we were 16, started dating and, um, and we both went to Butte Community College together. Like she went to Chico State, um, and then I went to Cal, but like, we did like the long distance thing, like, you know, got a dog in between then. Um, and then, I mean, she graduated just before me, um, from Chico state. So, you know, her, her dad owns a construction company. So she worked there while I, it was my final year at Cal. And then, yeah, moved to Michigan, moved to Miami, been all over the place. Um, so I guess that's like to answer your part one of your question, part two would be, yeah. I mean, like, I think for her, it's interesting. It's something we talk about frequently is like, I think she has an idea of what she wants to do, but it's like, she hasn't really like necessarily found that like exact thing. Like, you know, some people know exactly what they want to do. And I think she would always say like, Oh man, I'm like, I'm jealous that like, you know, exactly what you want to do. Like, that's really cool. I'm still trying to kind of like work through that and figure that out. And my response is always like, yes, that is cool. But like, the inverse to that is like, well, what if you know exactly what you want to do and you're not able to do it? So like that was something that I think a gave me a lot of anxiety, but also like drove me to like, it's like, okay, I just need to figure it out. And that's why I think like, you know, the previous thing I said about, you know, like being in school is like, Hey, I just kind of got to figure it out. Like there's not really like necessarily a playbook for this and everyone operates differently. Um, and so like, she's been super supportive. And I mean, like she, she always was kind of resistant to doing CrossFit until we moved to Miami and we like started going to P360. And like, I mean, anyone who's ever even dropped into that gym, like you kind of walk in and you can just like feel that there's something special there. Um, and so we met some like amazing, amazing people while we were there. And that's where she kind of started her CrossFit journey. Um, and, you know, like she, I, I think she now, because she works remote and stuff, she has the luxury of like, traveling with me to certain events. She comes to the CrossFit games. She comes to Rogue. Um, and so I think that's been cool for us to kind of share. Um, and like, you know, we've like, she's been to a lot of football games with me as well. So um, yeah, it's been like a, 
that is like a probably a whole nother podcast of just like all the things that we've kind of done and gone through and whatnot. So speaking of things that you've done and things that are coming. Yes. Oh, you, it's, getting, it's getting warm in here. <laughs> I'm going to fast forward a, a little bit. You, you're probably, I would guess the most settled you have been in your job right now. Like the yeah. merger with lab, all of that stuff. Everything is kind of like settled down a little bit for you. So you had to like bump up the personal life, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things. I mean, I hear this from a lot of people uh, that have gone through it. It's like, hey, like you're never 100% ready, right? Like you can think you know what you're getting into and people can tell you, but like you don't know until you go through it. And I think for us, it was like, okay, like to your point, like I feel like the business is in a really good spot. Like merger with lab, like I, you know, Obviously I had O'Keefe, but like he was like doing so many things or knows that when he was at Loud and Live. And then when we left Loud and Live, it was like started title sports. But then at the same time, it's like, hey, CEO of HWPO, like that's his baby. Like that's where a lot of his focus was, like as it should be. And so, you know, merging with Lab, it would like gave me the uh, ability to like be back with the team, which I really, really missed. So I felt like, you know, business was stable. Like we moved uh, in October of last year to Boise, Idaho, we built a house. So it's like, okay, like now we have like the house, like that's stable. And then it was kind of like, I guess, yeah, like what's the next uh, thing? And it, I think for us, it was like, you know, kind of in the spirit of you're never going to be hundred percent ready. Like now seems like as good a time as ever. Um, so here we are just so, entered the third trimester. So things are getting real. So from one girl, dad to another, you have a baby girl on the way. Yep. I uh, I became an emotional wreck the minute my daughter was born. I cry at every movie now. I like just to let you know it it all changes. The minute they grab your finger, it's all over. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's even half of like how I am with our dog, I'm like I'm doomed. So people kept telling me all this stuff before. And you don't understand it until that moment. And then when she reaches up and grabs your finger, it it's over. It just, it's a, and you can't describe it. You'll feel it. Yeah. And you'll know what I'm talking about the day that happens, but it all changes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're super excited. I think it's, it's obviously there's like some nerves there, right. Of like, this is like, your life will never be the same. Like, that's a very positive thing, but it's still the truth. And I, I, I was like laughing. I, was, I can't remember who I was talking to the other day. And I was like, you know, I, and I actually, it was funny. I was texting with Matt Fraser about this maybe like a few weeks ago and saying like, Hey, yeah. Like, you know, I was, my wife was gone for like the weekend or something. And I was sitting on the couch, think of like watching a movie with the dog. And it was like super quiet in the house. And I was like, it was like a Saturday evening. I had nothing to do, like no obligations, nothing. And I'm like, I remember sitting there and I was like, hmm, this will never be the same again. Like this is never going to happen again, you know? But like, again, like that's not a bad thing, but it is the reality. So just kind of like trying to mentally prepare myself as best as I can, um, knowing that like, I won't know until it's, it's here. So this was actually a comment made back when you were saying you were up all night with Wadapalooza, but it's going to be the same for being a parent. Uh, I do better not sleeping than trying to sleep short amounts. Uh, short amounts just make me more tired. And that's from Elise Carvedow. 
one of our um, listeners. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, kids herself. Yeah. It'll be, it will be interesting. I think uh, like, obviously I don't have anything to compare it to. I, I think the only other thing would just be like, I mean, I think this job, I mean, it's really not a job. Like I don't even like, like calling it, it's, it's more of like a lifestyle. Like you kind of just have to like be in it and love it. And like, you know, it's, there's certainly like upsides and downsides, but I mean, like when, when I first moved back to California from Miami during COVID, you know, I was still with loud and live. And uh, I was like, I remember thinking like, okay, I'm going to work East coast hours on the West coast of early mornings, but then like, I'll be done, you know, working, working by three, like, it'll be awesome. Like shorter days kind of what ended up happening was like, you know, 6am or like 530am calls a lot of days. And then, I mean, I'm sure like anyone who has like, you know, their own business or they live the kind of entrepreneurial lifestyle of like, you know, you have people kind of counting on you where it's like, you're never actually like off at 3pm, right? It's like late nights in the the office, like getting caught up on emails and whatnot. So I'm like, it's totally not the same. But I'm like, okay, that was that year operating like that was definitely a struggle. And I feel like I'm kind of gearing back up for something along that those lines, except like, probably, I don't want to say worse, but more sleep deprived. Um, but like, the thing I am grateful for is that, you know, we, we both work from home. Um, so I'll be able to be, I think it'll be interesting to see how I find like a balance of like, you know, still having to get a lot of work done and still having people that like rely on me outside of like family, but then also having the ability to be more present as well, where it's not like I'm at an office from 8am to 6pm every day. Um, so to just, I think that will be a, definitely a learning curve of like how I kind of like manage, you know, business stuff, personal stuff. Um, but kind of goes back to, like I said, my original point, you just got to figure it out. It's different for everybody. So kind of figuring it out. And this is something that I found this week. I was watching an interview that Mike Golick was doing with Dan Patrick. And they were both kind of talking about when they got fired from ESPN at different times mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how their initial thoughts were that they just kind of wanted to relax and, you know, not get up at 4 AM for Mike Golick and not, not have to the, the grind. And then they were both kind of lamenting that they missed the grind. Like what they were doing was their passion in life. And without that grind, like Dan Patrick um, made the analogy, I'd rather go hit golf balls than play golf. And that's how he describes his show coming up with three hours a day. Every day is his drive. And he loves that grind being able to do that. And Mike Golick echoed that. Yeah. And I was like, that is, that is my podcast. I love the grind of doing it every day, trying to figure out what's the next step. Who's the next guest, all of those things. I get that sense from you that once you got into this business and you found it, you just love the grind. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, like Dan Patrick, huge Dan Patrick fan. I've been listening to him since I, I can't even remember. I like driving to school with my dad as a kid. So I love the analogy. I listened to the episode as well. I listened to most of his, his stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, man, like I think you have to, like, I think that it, this is one of those things. And I suspect it's probably similar if, if you work at ESPN or like really just like any kind of high stress, you know, high achieving job. Um, if you don't love it, it's, 
I think it will probably just kind of spit you back out. Um, I think that it's actually one thing that I've uh, in some ways like struggled with just, and I think that actually Coop has been a huge help for me as far as like um, kind of letting go of some of that stuff. Whereas I feel like I was just like hyper analytical of everything. Like I, you know, I would stress about small things. Like everything was a big deal. Like I would like kind of like work myself into an oblivion at times. And I think like, you know, it's like taking a step back and it's like, Hey, if you take care of yourself a little bit better, you can take ever care. Sorry. You can take care of everyone else better. And I think some of that just stems from being like, all right, like what, you know, for everyone, I mean, like Coop's no difference. Like he, that he had to grind to get to where he, he was at. Like my story is different, but not unique. And I think that like, it was also a product of being at loud and live or like people there. I mean, like talk about some people that were grinders. I mean, when, so just like to give people an idea, like, so Keith lives in Boston. Uh, he would commute down to Miami pretty much every week, unless he was traveling for something different. Um, and he would get in Tuesday morning and he'd leave like Thursday evening. Um, so Tuesday he'd get into the office, usually roll in around like 10 30 straight from the airport. We would work all day and I would, you know, I'd be in my cubicle or I would just work from his office with he and Dylan. Um, and then, you know, we typically, an average day would be, we leave the office around like 9 PM. We either work out downstairs because there's a, a parking like structure attached to the building with, they had a roll up door with a bunch of equipment or we would go to CrossFit soul. Uh, Cause you know, Danny soul, like he worked with us at the time um, and they had 24 hour access. Great guy. Uh, and we would work out there like as a team or kind of whoever was there. And then we would go to dinner. And so by the time, like I dropped him off, usually I would be the one to drop him off because he stayed close to the office. I lived across the street from the office. I drop him off. By the time I got home, showered and got in bed, it'd be between 12 and 1am. Wake up at 7 8 o'clock, pick him up by 8 30, go get coffee, do it all over again on, on Wednesday and then drop him off at the airport Thursday evening. So it was like, for me, it was like, that's, I mean, for all intents and purposes, like that was like my first like real job. So like, that's what I was kind of like grew, I don't want to say grew up with, but I grew up into, but like, that was my first experience. And like, to me, that was like, all right, like, that's just kind of like how things are like, that's just how kind of we roll. And so it's like, I don't think that, you know, the grind, obviously it's not all bad. I think you have to have it and you have to love it. Cause I think sometimes our job it's awesome. And I'm never going to apologize for having like a job that I love. That's cool because, you know, I, I do feel like I worked for it, but I think also people don't realize like they see like social media and we're like, you know, at the CrossFit games with like athletes or like traveling to cool places. And like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like awesome opportunities. You got to meet some, go to amazing places, meet great people. But I also think people don't see the kind of like the backside of that. And I think that's, again, I'm, that's not unique to me. I'm, I'm sure it's probably the same for you. It's like, people are like, Hey, you get to interview all these cool guests and you do, you have a podcast. Like, that's awesome. Like Dan Patrick, like has this, this show in the man cave. That's like the most Epic place ever. But it's like, yeah, that dude grinds and he grinded for years. Like you don't see the, like, I'm sure like late hours that he puts in or like, you know, for us, it's like late night emails and calls and like, you know, like the, some of the stress of like, Hey, like people's livelihoods depend on some of the stuff that we do. And it's like, you can have a team all around you, but it's like, if you're dropping the ball or if you're not doing something like there's no one else that's doing it. And like, people are counting on you. And I think like, 
you have to take that obviously super seriously. So it is like a balance um, that I think kind of to my original point that I was making is like, that. that's why I'm grateful for being kind of on a team, you know, with, with Coop and Zach and Jason and uh, like O'Keefe and like, we're continuing to, you know, grow our team um, and like super grateful for that because I think it's kind of brought me back to balance. Um, whereas like it's still a grind, but like, Hey, like, if you need to like walk away for 30 minutes or like go get a quick like sweat sesh in like the garage, like go do that. Like that's good for your mental health. It's good for everyone around you. Yeah. It's, and I want to get to that in a second, but like you, I don't even understand how it was when you came in because loud and lot. So you have the management side, you have the event side and marketing and you're part of all of that. When you first come in? Sort of. So I came in helping with the athletes because I think everyone knew that that's like the world I wanted to be in. Um, but my first kind of job there, I think, was like partnerships coordinator. So I would like help, you know, fulfill the deliverables that like partners had with the company. So let's just say like, you know, RP Strength had a post scheduled for the following Tuesday. It was like, hey, we need to have their assets, their verbiage, everything. Like I would pass it along to um, Emily who now works for CrossFit. Um, and like, you know, she was like, she did all of like the graphics and social media and everything. And then we had someone that did like ops. And so I kind of had a hand in everything like initially, um, but I was also like helping Sammy. I was starting to take athlete calls. Um, so, I mean, I started in June and then I will never forget this. Like in, no I think it was November, mid-November, O'Keefe called me. I went into O'Keefe's office to ask him something. I asked him whatever question I had. I walked out and then he called me back in and he was like, Hey, by the way, uh, Sammy's leaving. I'm giving uh, you her job. Don't F this up. And I was like, all right. So it kind of started to shift a little bit, but I think it was definitely one of those things where like people saw loud and live. They saw water blues. They're like, Oh man, this must be like a huge team. And it's like, no, we were like a team of less than 10. And then some like, obviously we had some like contractors, but we kind of all had to like help and pull our weight in, in like different kind of like avenues that maybe weren't our direct scope because we had like the events team that was putting on the events, you know, like we had people selling partnerships and like I was managing our athletes. And then there was a marketing team that would help like activate and do marketing services for the, you know, brands that we were activating for for events and we're partnering with athletes so it's kind of this like holistic approach to like we could kind of be an agency for someone that was looking to like get into the crossfit space um you know and so i think it was a lot it was definitely like like i said it was the team there like pulled off honestly like some miracles and i mean i think like that was something that also drove me is especially looking at like, like I didn't mentioned earlier, like Dylan Malitsky is one of my best friends uh, and like watching how that dude works, like would almost like it made me, I was like, man, I, like maybe I don't belong here. Like that guy is like so dialed. Like I felt like he was so far like ahead of like where I was at at the time. And I think, we were actually talking a few weeks ago. I think it's one of those things where like maybe we at times we both felt that way and we were kind of like operating in parallel of like, man, like looking almost at each other of like, oh man, you were killing it in this situation. I'm like, no, dude, like I want to be just like you. Like if I could be dialed like you. And then it was kind of like this, like 
almost like aha moment where I'm like, I think maybe like we're both doing a pretty good job and we should just like recognize that, you know? Uh, so like, I mean, I know it's not necessarily the question you asked, but like, I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I didn't like give him a shout out because I, I don't know that I would be where I'm at now without him. Cause obviously I think people see like, like, yeah, like O'Keefe's been like a mentor and he's helped me get to where I'm, I'm going. But I, I don't know that people realize like the gravity and like effect that he's had on me and that he's had on whether it be Wadapalooza or just the CrossFit community in general. Like, I don't know that there's anyone that has like a better pulse on like what's going on within the community than him. I, I have to agree with you. D Dylan's one of my favorite people in the world. Um, after Wadapalooza this year, I made a statement. He texted me. We went back and forth for a couple hours and it was just a great conversation. And, um, and, and that's what I respect about him. So here's my follow-up to this, right? You, you start with the company sometime around spring break-ish graduation. And by November now, you're handed the keys to athlete calls and working with the athletes. That roster at that time was a no-joke roster. Like, you were thrown headfirst into the deep end. I mean, yeah. we're talking yeah. Medeiros and Frazier and Toomey and Annie and Katrin and, and yeah, Kat yeah. My goodness, like, and I know that's just the tip of the iceberg that I'm mentioning. Here you are, six months in, and not even, and you're yeah. handed the keys yeah. to that roster. One, it had to make you feel good that they trusted you with that yes but also anxious that you couldn't f it up yeah i mean i think you hit the nail on the head it was like okay like this is this is really awesome like it was like this is what you've been working for and then it was kind of this like it was cool for like a minute and then i was like holy shit like like what do I, it was almost like, what do I do next? Cause it was, it was definitely one of those things where like, I think for better, for worse, like the, the, the atmosphere and like the culture at loud and live was kind of like, Hey, like, this is what we're about. This is how we work. Like, if you can't like get the job done or you can't hang, like, I don't know, this is a good spot for you. Like you kind of had to be self-sufficient. <laughs> and I was like, all right, like, I guess there's no better way of learning than just kind of being thrown into the fire. And it was like pretty quickly, like I went to you know, New York with O'Keefe, we went to like, it was like the first ever Noble Film Festival. And then we went to London with Matt and Tia where Matt competed at um, Strength and Depth. And then it was like, we went to Dubai uh, for the D Dubai CrossFit Championship. So like that was all within, you know, a handful of months. And so I, I feel like I started to pick up steam. And like, I think, you know, a lot of the athletes knew me because I, you know, interned and kind of was the guy that just was like, hey, if you need something, like I'll figure it out, I'll get it done. Um, and I think like, obviously like every relationship is different. I mean, at the time, like Tia and I had become very close. Like we met at the, the film festival and it was, I remember like, I didn't know anybody there. O'Keefe was at a, actually, uh, another kind of activation the first night with, uh, Beam and Matt. And, uh, so he was like, oh yeah, like, you know, this is where it's at. Show up to the hotel. Just like, no, you should just go meet people. And I'm like, dude, I don't know anyone like I could probably walk through this place and not a single person would like blink twice or like look my way. So I kind of like tried to like, you know, make small talk. And then I remember we at a dinner and like Tia came over uh, and we had met like maybe once before 
I remember her saying like, oh man, I don't really know anyone. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you're like the, like, you're the biggest face of CrossFit. Like, and she was kind of just like, we basically, we ended up just kind of like using each other as like, kind of like that. You go, you go to the party, you don't know anyone, but you have like the one person that you kind of can just talk to. And then, so that was like, you know, a kind of like a confidence booster. And then I think like, I mean, Pat Vellner has been very like, I think instrumental for, for me and like that confidence. Like we went to Dubai, like was kind of there with him. And I think him and I developed a relationship and, um, I mean, I guess I don't know this for a fact, but I, I think I vaguely remember O'Keefe essentially saying that like, Hey, like Pat gave you a vote of confidence for, you know, when I took over for Sammy and like, that was really impactful for me. It's something that I've never forgotten. And, you know, there's been, you know, some people you just like hit it off with. And I think Pat's been like one of those guys. Um, and then some people like it takes time. I think like one of the things I'm honestly most proud of in my whole career is like the relationship that I have um, with Annie. Um, I think that like, it was definitely a process. And like, I think initially and like rightfully so, so she was like, you're doing what? And who's this guy? Like, you know? Um, and so it's, it's been, you know, obviously a handful of years, but I think we have what I would consider like, you know, a really like special relationship. I don't see her very often. Obviously she's in Iceland. I, I haven't yet to make it out there. It's on, on the list, but um, she's someone that just like, you know, I mean, doesn't get any better than her. Right. Like I think everyone probably looks up to her. And so it's, it's one of those things where like you kind of learn of like, you know, you can't treat everyone the same. The relationship with everyone's not the same. Um, but yeah, it was, definitely early on was a lot of like dealing with like that kind of like imposter syndrome of like, man, like like doing the right thing. Like, you know, but I think that also like drives you to like, like complacent, like you never want to be complacent. Right. And I think having that fear, there's, it can be unhealthy, but there's also also like a healthy amount of fear that I think you should have in a situation like that. So yeah, it was, it was wild. So again, Five months in, you're you're dealing with the the champs, the soon to be champs, the like, and your rise in this industry has been very me- meteoric. And then, do you still get imposter syndrome? Because I still do. Like, oh, yeah. I've interviewed hundreds of people, eight hundred episodes, and I'll be at the CrossFit Games going, "What? How did I get here?" Yeah, I frequently um and i think it's like i mentioned i think there's in some ways it's a little bit of a positive i think in some ways like you know i i don't want it to be ever be like a detriment but i I definitely think that it is something that i still like think about you know pretty frequently as far as like i mean i i view kind of like our role as like hey like you don't need to be in the limelight right like you kind of operate in the shadows you like do all the things so that like you know you put athletes in the best possible situation to be successful. And I think like, it's been one of those things where I'm like, you know, okay. Like, am I like, again, like, am I doing the right thing? Like, I think, you know, obviously for a long time it was, you know, O'Keefe was, he was like that, that figurehead of like, okay, like that's where you wanted to get to, right. You wanted to like be the person that people looked to when, you know, they had, they needed something or like, you know, being the person that like never, you never felt like they were like too busy to like give you the time of day. And so like, I try and take some of those, some of those lessons. I mean, like, like, honestly, like I maybe have done one other small one, but like, this is like my first ever podcast. Like, I don't like, I I don't feel like I'm 
it's not something that like I necessarily strive for to like kind of be in in that like I don't do a lot of this stuff and uh and I think part of that is like I I, I don't want to ever feel like I'm like this big deal because I like I really don't think I am at all like I don't ever want to be too big for the small stuff like at the CrossFit Games like I always try and be the one to like deliver packages like do all the small things because I think that stuff matters a lot and you know I think that's like maybe the healthy side of that like imposter imposter syndrome is like I don't think like I almost in some ways it's like you're still like that intern like don't forget kind of where you came from and I think the minute you start to like lose that and lose sight of like where you came from that's where things can get sideways as far as like you thinking you're you're bigger than you are um so I mean that's a very long-winded way of saying like yeah like it's it's definitely something that I think about pretty frequently honestly so but you've surrounded yourself with people that are humble enough to do the small things For when sure. I see Matt O'Keefe at the games like he's not above carrying someone's bag and going to get coffee for somebody and Dylan, my God, that guy will do anything at any moment for anyone. Um, Cooper, same thing. Like they will all do those things. So I think you're surrounded by the right people that are all on the same page and, and rowing the boat together as the the phrase is these days. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're definitely right. I think it is something where I even don't take, I don't take that stuff for granted at all. Like, I mean, I remember, like this year I went to check in with Justin and I'm, you know, he was getting his photo taken. I was holding his bag and uh, I was like, you know, you kind of have those moments of like, man, like how did we, how did like you get here? You know, like this is cool. Like I, I, there's nowhere else I would rather be right. Like there's no, like nothing else I'd rather be doing than like what I'm doing right now. Um, so I think that stuff like helps keep you grounded. And to your point, like we, we have an awesome team that all kind of has and lives by the same kind of like brand ethos of like, you know, you're not too big for the small stuff. Um, And I think that that's, that's maybe what sets us apart too, is like, as far as like from like an agency perspective, I think we hang our hat on is like kind of being that boutique agency that it's just like, is willing to just grind to be in the trenches with our, our clients. Like that's, that's our vibe. And I, that's something that like, as we continue to grow, as we continue to branch into other sports and like, which is definitely like a goal of ours. Um, but it's like, Hey, like don't lose that ground. Like, like we can be like, we want to be like the kind of like the small chippy underdog that like over delivers for our people. So Elise says thinking of yourself as thinking of yourself still as that intern is what make will make you the best. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think like, like I said, that's, I think that's kind of like that driver of like, in some ways, like to your point of like, Hey, like you had like this meteor, like, like very quick rise. Right. It's like, I still have that, like, I think healthy fear of like, Hey, as fast as you like grew in this space, like you can also lose that if you don't treat people the right way, if you don't do the right things, if you become complacent. So it's like, I like, I never want to like lose that because, you know, I I don't want to ever take this stuff for granted because I remember, like I said, what it took to get here and like the fear of like that going away, I guess in a sense, kind of like really drives like the day to day. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're at the hour. We keep our episodes to an hour. Um, you say this is your first podcast. Well, we've got to have you back. Cause I only, this is only the origin story. 
I have so many questions about what it is to be an agent, what the merger with Lab has been like, what your relationship with Cooper has been. Um, and one of the best things Cooper told me is like, you guys all have different interests. Like Jason St. Clair is the baseball guy and Matt O'Keefe is the golf guy and Cooper is the um, extreme sports guy and yep. you are the football guy. Like you outside of CrossFit, like you guys all watch different sports. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. And I love that dynamic. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like couldn't ask for a better team. Um, and yeah, I, I, sorry if I, if I uh, ever was like rambling or anything, I, I think sometimes I oh, get no, long no, no. answers, but I think like, I don't know. I mean, when I listen to like podcasts, I think like I like some of the context and like hearing more. So like, that's something that I guess I was trying to do. And uh, hopefully I, I didn't ramble too much. Um, well, I appreciate this. Elise says you, then you picked a good podcast to start with and you did so well for your first one. Oh, um, I love, I love the, the context. I love the colors and the hues of the stories. I always say my best uh, episodes are ones where we don't even say the word CrossFit. Um, and I'm going to, I have to leave with one question. This is for my wife and I'm going to share my screen super fast as soon as I can get your Instagram up here. There's a picture you posted a while back. You're not super active on Instagram anymore. I did notice that. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't find myself particularly interesting. And, like, like, I think I tend to, like, when I post, it's, like, these, like, overwhelmingly, like, big moments or thoughtful things. And, like, sometimes I'm just, like, just put it out there. Like, whatever. So you posted yeah. this picture. My yep. wife is a diehard Pittsburgh Steeler fan. I love it. Uh, we both grew up outside of Pittsburgh. I rebelled against my parents and went with the Chicago Bears. She stayed true to the hometown team. Are you a Steelers fan? I am. I have uh, somewhere in my office. I have a, I have a terrible towel somewhere. I'm office is kind of still a work in progress in the new house, but yeah, I am. Um, yeah, we have our. She has a terrible towel out right now. Um, she is ready it. for opening day. Um, she is now a Kenny, Kenny Pickett believer. She wasn't last season, but she is now. <laughs> Prediction for the Steelers this year? Oh, man. I mean, I think that's a tough division. I could see them getting in like on like a wild card. I'm thinking like 10 and 7, that kind of range. Um, I think the defense is going to be surprised some people this year, and I think the offense is going to take another step. So, yeah, I'm hopeful. I don't think we're going to make it to a game this year, just – we go, we go to a game every year, but, you know, baby due in November. Uh, my dad and I are going to a Cal game uh, in two weeks, though, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I think uh, I think George Pickens is a freak, and it's only going to make Kenny Pickett better. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, even though I left the team back in the early 80s, uh, I still keep an eye on them because they are my hometown team, and they're in a different conference than the Bears, so I can do that. Yeah, uh, perfect. I mean, but, I just so, going to football games is just like awesome, man. I, I I may fly to Denver and go to a Jets Broncos game and then meet Dylan there and go with him because I've never seen Aaron play live. So I'm like, I got to check that off. I've seen Brady, I've seen Breeze. I got to check Aaron off the list. Got to do it. So yeah, well, my uh, my daughter just got a job in Pittsburgh with the United Steelworkers. Oh, cool. Uh, and they have a booth. And for my wife's birthday, she's taking her to the Bills Steelers game. Awesome. That's. Uh, yeah, that's this this weekend, this upcoming or no, it's week no, one, right? 
November. They, they play. Sorry, they played San Francisco Week One. I was I had it mixed up anyway. Yeah. yeah, they they did preseason with them last week, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, it's a note. It's the November game, um, but because my wife's birthday is December, but yeah, so she's going to that. But I just had to ask because she's a massive Pittsburgh Steelers fan. That's awesome. I love it. Love to hear it. Well, with that, Daniel, um, thank you so much for doing this. We will have to have you back. I do have a ton more questions. Um, but everybody in the chat, thank you so much for being with us. And we'll catch everybody next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C, the number four energy.com. That's C4energy.com. And now back to the interview.